So my whole life, my whole adult life anyhow, uh, I've had people say, oh, George, you're so laid back. You're so easygoing. And every time I hear that, I think, I, I wish it felt that way on the inside. Because I, I can worry and be anxious and sweat the small things as well as the big things. Um, and, and get, I mean, this morning I woke up and I had tension uh, in my shoulder because I was getting ready to preach about not being anxious. <laughs> this is absolutely true, right? And in Jesus, who, who, this whole 12th chapter, he says, you know, do, do not be afraid, little flock. Do not worry. Don't worry about the little things like what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear and the, what we consider to be the big things like money and possessions. Uh, God's going to take care of you. And I, I can, again, be anxious about almost anything. I, I, I get upset because I can't find the peanuts in H-E-B anymore. <laughs> and I shouldn't be upset, right? Um, I worry about the spell checker on my computer, okay? My spell checker also tries to correct my grammar and, and, and my punctuation, and I argue with it all the time. And, and so, like, I was writing this greeting where it says, we, we have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, exclamation mark, and it changed it to a question mark. <laughs> and I would try to change it back and it, 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 as, as if my computer's saying, are you, are you sure we get the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ? Or... Is this really the Christ? I think my computer's agnostic. <laughs> Not even to mention the really big things, okay? Jesus says, be dressed and ready for action. Uh, in some translations, it's be dressed and ready for service. Don't, don't be so distracted by the world. Don't be so full of worry and anxiety about every little thing, about food and clothes and, and even money and possessions, that you're not ready. That you're not dressed for action when the time comes. Dressed for action. Uh, I've mentioned it before when I, we were living out in El Dorado in West Texas, population 2,000. I was uh, a member of the volunteer fire department. And it was the only fire department in the whole county. Um, and so there was no professional firefighters. There was no staying down at the fire station. Uh, they gave us, back in the day, a, a one-way uh, pager. And sometimes, you know, go off in the middle of the night. And so what I would do every night is, before I went to bed, at the foot of the bed, I'd lay down a pair of jeans and some socks and some slip-on shoes and a t-shirt. And if that pager went off in the middle of the night, then I would just jump up, grab my clothes, and go. Uh, I didn't have to look around for a pair of jeans. I didn't have to try to find my shoes. Maybe I left them upstairs. It was all right there. And then you got to the fire station, and, and uh, your bunker gear is already in the boots, and so you just slip into your boots and pull over uh, the suspenders and grab your coat and your helmet and jump on the truck and go. You're, you're dressed for action. 
right? But I found out that it, it being dressed for action takes a lot more than just the clothes, that it takes training. We would do oil well fires, and how you approach an oil well fire is different from how you approach a house fire, which is different from how you approach a car fire, and it took training. And I remember they, they gave me bunker gear and a pager before I really had any training, and the very first call was a, a house fire, a little house out in the country, a little um, uh, deer hunting cabin, and apparently the deer hunters celebrated excessively and <laughs> caught the house on fire. And so we're driving up, and I'm in the truck, and I, you know, the adrenaline's going, and I'm all excited, and I'm ready to pull hose and start putting out this fire. And the guy driving the truck starts veering off to the side. I said, where are you going? He pointed. The grass was on fire, and it was moving towards a propane tank. <laughs> he said, we got to take care of that first. Oh. And we did that, and then we, I thought, we're going go, to go to the house now, right? Now he goes over here. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, we're going to the utility pole. We're going to turn off the electricity before we start spraying water on things. Oh. <laughs> Training, right? <laughs> Training, knowledge, becoming ready for action, dressed for service. Because, Jesus says, you never know when the master will arrive. My son Daniel, um, back when he was in ninth grade, we just moved to a new town. He'd been in school only about three months. Uh, my son, my, both my sons are band kids. And one morning I'm in the church office and I got a phone call. And they said, one of the band kids got killed in a car wreck last night. And so I got up and I went over to the band hall. And the band kids were all coming together in the band hall. And they were crying, of course. Incredibly tragic. Uh, it was a kid that sat next to my son in band. And again, we'd only been there a few months. But I, I went in the band hall and... All the kids were sitting in a big circle on the floor. And I know I'm bragging, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take personal privilege. They're all sitting in a big circle, and there in the middle circle was my son Daniel leading them in prayer. Well, he'd been trained. Church, church had been training him. Youth directors, parents, Sunday school teachers. Now it was hard for Daniel. It was real hard. It, it was very traumatic and took him a while to wait, work through it. But at least he had the tools and the training to work through it rather than not having the tools or the training to work through it. Be dressed and ready for action because you don't know when the master will come. I think that's what happened in Puerto Rico. Uh, the master showed up. And uh, Joel and I talked about this. I don't know about the rest of the group, but I, I think for Joel and I, we, we didn't really expect it to show up the way it did. 
uh, I think we thought we're going to go on this mission trip, we're going to do some construction, we're going to do VBS, kids are going to have a meaningful experience, we're going to come home, that's what you do, right? But somewhere along the way, the master showed up. The Holy Spirit was in the house. I think the kids knew it before, at least I knew it. This, uh, as Joel talked about Dahlia, who lost her house in the hurricane, she kind of fell through the cracks as far as FEMA and government assistance, and she's a leader in that church, but uh, her church or her family and her friends didn't really have the resources uh, to get it going, or at least they didn't think they did. And she said, as Joel said, she said, I've been praying for two years. I've been praying, Jesus, send somebody. And so we show up, and it's boys and girls, mostly girls, and they're out there moving rocks. They're out there getting filthy. They were out there working hard and digging holes and sledgehammers. One day they had to take apart this concrete fence with sledgehammers, and those girls were, bam! And I don't know what therapeutic exercise they were going through, but... I was not going to stop them. There was some nine months of school they had to work out or something. <laughs> and they destroyed that concrete fence. But she was convinced that Jesus had sent us. And in worship, uh, in working with these amazing uh, young adult women who had such a heart for God uh, in that congregation. I mean, before the week was out, we're crying, we're laughing, we're praying. The master showed up. And our kids were ready. They were dressed for action. You might think of church as a training center. We we teach each other how to pray before we really have to pray. We teach each other about faith before we really need faith. We teach each other about things like grace and what forgiveness would look like and all these other things that, that we need to know. That we, we, we practice being generous so that we can be generous when when somebody loses their entire house. And we practice stepping out in faith in little ways so that on that day we've got to really step out. We've been practicing. We've been trained. We're dressed. We're ready for action. And somehow that got the ball rolling. And now the locals have stepped in and her house is being rebuilt. For two years, she said, I pray. Jesus, send somebody. And these boys and girls show up. So church, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we are doing for young and for old. So all I know is that for myself, I glorify God and I give thanks that God is, is doing things in the world. God's doing some amazing things and we get to be a part of it. I also have to pray my own prayers of confession and repentance for letting all my busyness, 
all my muchness, all my manyness, all my worries, all my anxieties, everything from the state of the world to the cereal aisle in HEB. That get in between me and being able to see what God is doing. To be able to see and experience the kingdom of God. To be dressed and ready for action. As good as our youth group is. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's give it up for the youth group.